0: Hey, this is Rob on Skylab tapes on Twitter, and you're listening to the Hook That Rocks podcast. Jay Scott, and it rocks. What's happening? What's going on? Happy Fourth of July weekend to all of you. Once again, this is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Hope everyone's enjoying their summer, getting ready for the big weekend. Look, get your barbecues all ready to go. Carnivals, festivals. It feels like we're back to normal, doesn't it? But we're slowly getting there. I don't know if we're 100%, but we're maybe about 85, 90%. But hopefully, we're at the 100% range sometime soon. I think we're heading there. Hopefully, we don't have any setbacks. Like I always say, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, the network of music podcasts, a great platform, great family to be a part of. You can check out my fellow podcasters, such as Cobras and Fire, Shout Out Loudcast, Martin Popoff, Carmen peace and Vinnie Apice, do their hanging and banging, and Mistress Carrie all the way out there on the East Coast. She's got a great podcast as well. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us wherever you podcast, write us a review if you want. We always like to hear what you think of the show and how we're doing and the interviews and the commentary we have. We always appreciate you stopping by and giving us a listen. We always do have great new bands to introduce you to. We've had Dirty Honey on in the past, Joyous Wolf. Tyler Bryant, many others, and always enjoy to talk to them about their new music. The next artists are part of a band that's been around for a bit. Um, They've got a, a couple albums, a few albums under the belt. They've got their latest album out as well here in 2021. So they may not be new, but they're probably new to a lot of my audience. So I'd like to introduce... Lila and Tom from the Montreal Canadian band, The Damn Truth. What's going on, guys? How are you?
1: Very good. Very good, Jay. Thanks for having us on.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So before we begin to the important stuff, let's just get out of the way. How frustrated are you with the Canadians right now?
1: (laughs) hope dude we have lots of hope we are <laughs> we love our team we're I'm not saying one bad word against them they're gonna they're gonna do it
0: <laughs> I'm hoping because I don't want Tampa Bay to win again I, I can't mm-hmm. stand Tampa Bay but well, <laughs> that makes
2: three of us here
0: yes yeah. <laughs> let's hope Carey Price brings it home I'm a big fan of Philip denoe from his time with the Chicago Blackhawks Hopefully, Carey Price and Shea Weber are able to get their first cup. So my fingers are crossed. Oh, ours too.
1: Ours too, man. We've been watching religiously.
0: It's been also super cool to see that um, the the organization
2: of the Montreal Canadiens actually chose to, to to use our song "This Is Who We Are" now as part of like the you know the the Montreal Canadian slogan for uh, the playoff run. So it's been really exciting to watch the games on TV and and hearing our song in the Bell Center while the games are going on, and
0: it's really cool. That is a tremendous honor though for you guys. I mean, I can imagine being from Montreal and hearing that. That's a big deal. Oh yeah. The first time it happened, I I, I literally cried.
1: Oh yeah. It was it was ridiculous. Yeah. Our phones were going off the hook because we had friends in the arena and they were just like, oh, you're hearing it, and listening. And they're like recording it for us. And we were just crying. It was, it was so crazy.
0: <laughs> that is so awesome. Really cool. Well, we always start the same way every time we have a first-time guest on the podcast. And that is the essence of the show. Just like every just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? I guess I'll go first. Um, um, it's a really
2: good question, but I, I feel like um, I was aware... Um, of music, you know, from a very young age. I mean, everything was kind of like coming together in my life. I mean, I I remember uh, clearly uh, listening to Guns N' Roses and Metallica and whatever, but it was really when I heard uh, Led Zeppelin coming from my sister's room growing up, that I was like, holy crap, what's that, you know? And and, uh, the first time I listened to Stairway to Heaven and Black Dog, and I think that moment really, I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life.
0: Awesome, you Leela?
1: For me, I think it was uh well, I like, again, like also I was listening to like rock and roll since I was really young. My dad was a huge uh, huge like rock and roll fan, so we had a, a big vinyl collection at home. Uh, So, I mean, from the age of four or five, I I got really into the Beatles and really, really loved uh, loved all those albums. But I think it was when I was probably 10 or 11. And the first time my dad uh, gave me Surrealistic Pillow, uh, Jefferson Airplanes record uh, with uh, and I heard like White Rabbit, that song for me just blew me away. You know, the, what, what grace like made me feel listening to that song, you know, I've, I will has always been this like unattainable emotion that I just want to get back to all the time. It's, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. Where did it go from there with you guys? I mean, obviously hearing rock music begins you on your path, begins you on your journey of rock and roll when did it become that you wanted to perform live and be in a band?
1: Um, well, I think I guess it was like really the the I, I was always performing since I was a kid. I played guitar since I was four or five, and it was always it was always part of my of my being. I knew that I loved it. I loved to perform, and I loved to sing and play. Um, but the moment that, you know, I really, really wanted to be in a rock and roll band was the minute I met Tom, like we met, uh, naked in a, in a hippie festival. And, uh, you know, we were, we realized very quickly that we have the same influences and we love the same music. And we basically started jamming for like eight hours that first time that we met and uh, we haven't stopped since. So I guess he was my real inspiration to, to, to join a rock and roll band.
0: (laughs) What about writing music? Was there an, someone who influenced you on writing music, like a song a lyric that made you want to put pen to paper and write a song?
1: Well, for for me, it was I've since I've been a kid, just like reading, writing, uh, keeping diaries, journals, poetry. It's always been with me. I love it. I love. Um, uh, I think it's an incredible tool. It's it's also been like. Um, a healing device for me, you know, to sort of like put pen to paper and write down what I'm going through, what I'm feeling. It's always been with me. So I guess writing songs just came
0: very, very natural,
1: uh, yeah, to me growing up.
0: Do you write through observation? Do you write through personal experience? All the above,
1: <laughs> uh, as a bit of everything, uh, you know, definitely. I guess it has, it has to be a personal place for me. It's it's definitely things that that touch me. Um, it's also you know, it's like a combination of things. I really really like like uh, strong imagery, you know, and I really like. Um, Things that 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 go deep, you know, like and not not just on the surface and not just your you know regular little love songs. I like I like to touch the difficult topics. I I think that it's a, it's a good way to to open up and to and to heal and to and to share. You know, those are all pretty important things in in my life.
2: For me, it's a um, songwriting was always a kind of a cure for my uh, loner lonerism, if it makes sense, because it's like. You know, even when you have friends around and you're playing bands and, you know, you have girlfriends and whatnot. I mean, inside, I always kind of feel alone, you know, it's like uh, songwriting is kind of like, um, it's kind of a tool w- where uh, I just try to share some of these feelings. And 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 one of the best moments, one of the best payouts that uh, songwriting has for me anyway, personally, is, is like sometimes standing on that stage and, and hearing like, you know, hundreds of people singing those lyrics back at you and you're like, You feel like you're not alone for a second, you know, it's like, hey, those feelings that I had that I felt so personal about that I felt like nobody could maybe understand, you know, they're universal. There's other people that are going through the same thing as me. And really, like, I think uh, writing songs uh, for me, that's that's really where it came from,
0: you know. When you are writing music and you're writing songs and you have to tap into an emotion. Whether it's from a personal experience or whether it's from an observation that causes you to feel a certain emotion, how difficult is it for you guys to tap into that, to, to kind of relive those experiences, or you know, get into or tap into that observation?
2: Um, it's it's actually a fun, it's a funny question because I think I feel like that the best songs that we write anyway happen really quickly. So we never really stop and think about any of it. You know, it's just kind of like, there's a great riff and lyrics just happen and we jam it and we, you put the pen to paper and all of a sudden it's done within, I don't know, 20 minutes. And uh, those are, those tend to be the songs that I personally like the most. Uh, the ones that take a little bit longer to write where you have to uh, spend time like actually thinking about the meaning of the lyrics and what am I trying to say here or whatever i they, I hold a very special place in my heart for them too, but they never seem to uh, resonate with the audience as much as like those bangers that just happen really, really quickly
1: I think we also have a tendency to like overthink things you know and to you know try to make things the best they can be and and at some place you know it's, it's 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 kind of the opposite is what's true you know that initial um the initial emotion and the initial reaction to the excitement of of a hook, of a of a of a really great sounding riff, for example. Like those are those moments that we want to try to like really, really capture and and uh and just you know uh <laughs> build around and not lose it, you know, not lose that moment and that uh, naivety in a
2: way. It's something um there's there's something that John Lennon said um in one of the interviews that I watched that when him and uh, Paul McCartney used to write all these songs for the Beatles back in the early days, um, he would make Paul not to get up, even to go to the bathroom before the song was done. So they would have this thing where they would start a song, you know, she loves you and they'll have like two lines or something and they won't even get up and go to the bathroom or, you know, eat a sandwich, whatever before the song is done. And that always like stayed with me. It's like when, when you're on a roll, you have to stay in the same frame of mind, kind of like get, get, get it done, you know?
0: It's interesting, I never heard that story, but I had, to, I had to mix some amusing stories between the both of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. The new album is out. It was released back in May, and the album is called Now or Nowhere. Uh, it really defines your sound. It really shows the growth and evolution of the band. Love the songwriting, love the hooks on it, love the melodies, what was it like? I know you guys recorded with Bob Rock for mm-hmm. some of the songs on this album. What was this recording process like for you guys?
1: Um, it was, well, recording with Bob was absolutely incredible. It's like a, it was a dream come true. You know, it was uh, when we were on tour in Europe and we were thinking about, you know, what we want to do and how we want to make this the next record um, all we knew is that we wanted to work with somebody legendary, you know, and, and, and growing up, like there were two names of producers that, that we knew there was George Martin and there was Bob Rock. And so they were, and they were both, you know, in the, in the figment, uh, the realm of our imaginations, not, we didn't ever really thought we'd get, get to work with, uh, with somebody of that caliber. And we were just super lucky that we had a mutual friend and he was able to send some songs to Bob and, Bob liked it, you know, and said, sure, let's, let's do it. So it was very, uh, very, very exciting um, and quite incredible for us to get into the studio with him to, we, you know, we spent four, four days at, uh, at Brian Adams studio in Vancouver together doing six songs in four days. And it, it, it felt like a lifetime and it felt like we just, you know we we wouldn't we even reach the tip of the iceberg, you know we've got it was it was so incredible i I don't even know where to start
2: <laughs> uh, one of the cool things about um recording that way though um was that uh we chose to record this album kind of like in the old school way of uh, the seventies, where the whole band is in the same room and and we kind of capture the sound of the band so in order to do that we really had to dedicate ourselves for a good amount of months of just locking ourselves in our rehearsal space and just getting these songs as as tight as we can. I mean, first of all, we were going to, I was going to have to play guitar in front of Bob Rock, which was terrifying. (laughs) And uh, I think everybody in the band kind of felt the pressure. We wanted to impress them. And um, when we showed up at the studio, I mean, we, we set up, we got to do three takes of each song and that was it. And I think, that excitement of playing in front of bob and being in the big studio um it's something that's a little bit lost in today's like music scene and we definitely wanted to capture you know to capture the sound that our heroes you know had and uh it was it was important for us and i'm really happy we did it because uh the result is uh to me the best album we've ever made
0: what were the differences in recording this album i mean you mentioned you know a, a few things but in terms of the collaborative process, in terms of the writing process, what was different about this album than the ones previous?
1: well, I mean um first of all, you know I, I, this album was written, and the songs that were written came after years of touring, like intense touring around the globe that uh, really opened our eyes to to like i guess the important things in life in a way not not wanting to sound cliche but uh I don't know like when I listen back to those first two records I love dearly as well um but I I I hear my voice and I hear anger and I hear frustration and there was a lot of that in in the person that I was so I feel that I've I've changed a lot since I I made those those earlier records and I think that my song my songwriting has changed it was affected by everything that we you know we kind of went through as a band I mean we've been through quite a lot we've um we've toured extensively um we've opened for in like some of our most you know incredible nights were like opening for zz top or opening for the culture or you know or being on tour with uh, i don't know like so so many amazing people rival sons uh and and you just you know you learn a lot about yourself and you and you and it's and you're also part of um a part of this like growing experience i don't know i feel i find that we we've matured as a band and there's a lot of there's a lot to it you know and when you when you when you change on the road
2: <laughs> it's funny because um i mean just just uh, traveling from town to town and country to country um the shows are always cool and always great but um it's the experience that you have after the show it's meeting the people from all different walks of life and different places and and i i think we as a band as a collective we kind of like um I remember like having conversations about an event that we kind of agreed that whatever, and this is before COVID, you know, our last tours and whatever. Um, we kind of agreed that like what, what the world needs, like what people, the vibe that we're getting from people is, is hopefulness, you know, and, and love and stuff like that. And we wanted to make a record that kind of reflects that. We didn't want to point fingers and say, this is everything that's wrong with the world. We wanted to do an album that's about hope
0: and love and, and, and moving forward. Was that important for you guys? I mean, we we talk about the pandemic and a crazy year 2020 was. And I know you guys are still a little bit behind the United States in terms of opening up and, you know, doing things Mm -hmm. and doing things freely as you as you once were and once did. But, you know, that tone that you mentioned of taking on that with the album, that was a little different than the other albums. Was that part of that escape for you guys to, hey, say, you know, everything is crap that's happening in reality right now is just not something I want to deal with the positive and the, and the hope and love that you guys talk about in the album, was that important for you guys when you went into that escape of making music?
1: For sure. I mean, also, I mean, also remember that all these songs were written pre COVID, you know, and so it's, it's interesting. Like when I listen back, um it, it seems almost like, wow, you know, in a way we've, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know, like, like those first lyrics of this is who we are now, kind of, I kept, they kept resonating with me because, you know, for those first few months, I was just, all I was doing was like, reading the news and being bombarded with all this, you know, all these, all this fear and, and like those lyrics sort of are embodied in that first verse. Um, but it was written way before we had any idea that COVID was about to to hit and change everything. So it's, uh, it, I mean, definitely, we definitely wanted to write a positive, uh, record, a record that was, that was going to, I don't know, like that would bring us, uh, First of all, we would like to listen to, you know, we really wanted it was important for us to make records that we enjoy listening to. And then hopefully others would would like it as well.
0: <laughs> was there any music or any songs that were changed as a result? You mentioned a lot of the record was written before the pandemic. Was there stuff that you decided to change because it wasn't what you were feeling or maybe that song didn't connect with you guys as it did prior
2: um, not quite, not quite, but there was one song that, a uh, couple of songs that changed quite uh, drastically with Bob Rock in the studio. Um, there's a song on the record called Only Love. Um, and, uh, that song was kind of like a ballad when we brought it, brought it to, uh, Bob. And he was like, yeah, hey, you know, we should try it a little bit faster, but a little bit faster was almost like double the speed that we had it. And he was like, Okay, one, two, three, go play it now. And you <laughs> would just say it was like a I don't know, it was just a weird like experience. And we played it, and I guess it sounded good to him. And he didn't even let us listen to it after we've done the take. He's like, yeah, you got it, it's amazing. And we're <laughs> like, What? What just happened? And we moved on to the next song and uh listening back to it, it's he was so right, you know. Uh the song sounds so much better than uh than it was before.
0: I love the song Tomorrow. That is for me, just a huge song, probably my favorite song on the album. Um, oddly enough, what was really cool is my 16 year old son is the one that kind of pushed you guys onto me. Awesome, nice, that's cool. He was listening to this to this music and he's like, "Dad, you got to check this band out." And we he just played it for me in the car. And I think I think the song that he played was "Everything Fades." And, Mm -hmm. uh, he's like, he's like, the song is so beautiful. It's so great. So that's where and how I discovered you guys. It was, it was, uh, it was through him. Wow. Cool. You
1: got a cool kid.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to think so. Right. (laughs) (laughs) As far as making this album, did you guys hold on to this a little bit longer because of COVID? Was there a change in release dates that you initially planned to, to do, or was it always 2021?
2: No, absolutely. I mean, we were supposed to release it in 2020. But what happened was that we, uh, because of Bob's schedule, we were booked with him to do the first part of the, of the album. And we were supposed to go back in March or April of 2020 back to Vancouver, because that's where it records. Uh, and finished the record with him. But obviously everything was on lockdown. He lives in Hawaii, so he couldn't get into Canada. Um and we, we basically we couldn't go there. And in the beginning it was kind of like a waiting game. We're like, oh a couple more months it's going to be done, a couple more weeks. Um but that day never just just never came. But actually it's still not here. You know, we're like in the middle of 2021 right now and Canada's still pretty much closed off to the world. and our record label was uh, basically saying guys uh you know you Gotta can't we can't wait any longer you know basically if you guys guys ought to release an EP you know with six songs or finish the record by yourself somehow and we just didn't want to put out an EP we felt like these nine songs really um, work well together as a, as a body of art and and uh, we just I don't know how we did but we managed to, <laughs> I produced a couple of songs our drummer Dave is an amazing recording studio here in Montreal called the freak shop and he produced a, a song and and we pulled it off, you know. Actually, it's funny that your son likes uh,
0: Everything Face because that's one of the songs that I produced myself. A beautiful song. Absolutely. As far as evolving as artists, you know, I mean, you talk about this album like it was a big step in the evolution for you guys. How important is that for you to keep things fresh? I mean, not everyone is ACDC. Not everyone can release the same album and still have it kick ass and sound great. What is it? What makes you guys want to evolve? What? Why is it so important to you?
1: I think it's. I think it's inevitable. It's uh, just like you know, you're, you're, you know, there's that saying that you're never, you'll never be the the same person that you are today, tomorrow, right? You just won't. Like we definitely change. We're affected by everything that goes on in our lives and by the the different, you know, experiences that we go through. And I think that it has to be a part of the art that we create, because, I mean, first of all, it would be really boring if if we didn't. And if we stayed the same and if, you know, music stayed the same and art stayed the same. No, I mean, it's got to evolve. It's got to change. It's got to grow. So uh, I only hope that we will continue uh, changing and evolving and experimenting, because that's uh, I think that's kind of the essence of, of it all
0: it's very difficult when you're an artist and you are evolving because your fans okay. fall in love with your sound. And, you know, they, they, it's very hard for a rock band to allow their, their favorite bands and artists to get out of the box that they're in. Right. I mean, rock bands like that, that, that comfort, that familiarity. But when we talked earlier in this conversation about the Beatles in Led Zeppelin, two bands that, Evolved drastically through their careers to the end of the careers. I mean, the Beatles, you know, I mean, the songs from from their first few albums all the way to Abbey Road and Let It Be. You talk from Zeppelin, the Le- Zeppelin One and Zeppelin Two to In Through the Outdoor. So there is that constant change, especially in some of the biggest influences for you guys. But you mentioned a great thing, Lila, is that you're changing as people, and as you change as a person, you maybe like certain things that maybe you weren't open to years ago or a few years ago, and now you are, and that affects how you make music. How is it, is it difficult for you guys to maintain the damn truth sound while you're evolving as an artist?
1: You know, we call, um, we kind of call our, (laughs) our rehearsal space or I guess what happens in the damn truth. we, We call it that, uh, each one of us will bring a song. We can bring a song into the space. I can write a little folky, whatever, love song and I'll bring it into the space and it'll go through the damn truth machine where, you know, it'll come out something completely different because we're, because we're four individuals that have... For, you know, you know, strong opinions and strong loves and different uh, inspirations as well, of course. And we bring that all together and all together we become, you know, this this machine. We're the damn truth machine. It gets damn truthified. And uh and I think as long as we're open to each other and truthful with each other, um, and where we are, we're very accepting of the different music that we all love and bring to the table. And and there's not, it's not, you know, it's a democracy. We really, uh, we, 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 we work together well we're a family unit uh, we love traveling together so it all it it just works it just it, it's a very organic uh process i think and uh, we I think we all embrace it we all embrace the fact that things are going to change and and evolve and come out different because otherwise we there's no point in being in a band you know if you just want to <laughs> be a, uh you, you know you can be your own solo artist and have you know have nobody to to, to you know to to actually uh, yeah, exactly. No one's going to come and say, oh, you know, I don't I don't like this song or whatever. You can just be a solo artist, but you're no, you do want the input from your other band members and you want it to become something more than what you can do on your own.
2: I, th- I think that's the magic of being in a band. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's really cool. Sometimes, you know, like I said, she'll bring in like a little folks on whatever and it, it would come out like borderline metal, you know, because of, it goes to the machine. And, and that's something that we feel like that none of us could have done by ourselves and, and i feel like we live in an era of the solo artist you know because of social media and the way it's all structured where you know like uh people have accounts uh on social media it's, it's a very personal thing you know it's like uh everybody's a solo artist now basically that's what i'm trying to say and and we like i said before the way we made this album, it's it's very important for us the way that we maintain this band like there's a the magic that happens between four people and four individuals and four thought processes that we all kind of eventually have to agree on and go through that machine. And it comes out the other end, something that's very unique to all four of us. And, uh, that's the magic of, of being in a band. I think, and what you said about the, the Beatles and and Led Zeppelin and all those great artists that we, we love, it's, it's, it's not for nothing that there are bands and not just solo artists because there's magic to it.
0: As you look forward with this record and, you know, the ability to tour, what is the current situation in Canada? When do you guys anticipate being able to bring the music to the people and perform live again?
1: Oh, I, I wish I had a, a definite answer for that. Um, it is day by day. We're, you know, we uh, day by day, things are evolving here in, in Quebec. Things are are looking up. There's a lot less cases. I think we're like all, all this past week we've been like under 100 which is like amazing but between that and politics and public health and how things will end up looking i, I we just don't know all i know is that things are are very very slow <laughs>
2: one thing one thing is for sure i mean the the kind of venue and the kind of um shows that are going to be offered for us to us we're going to do so last year you know we were the first canadian band to do a driving show. We played two shows back to back in front of a bunch of cars, you yeah? know? Mm-hmm. So that was something. Um, before, a couple months ago, we did a live stream show, uh, you know, and we'll continue to do whatever we can to play this music live for sure until the day comes that, <laughs> that we, we can, can actually, actually have bodies in a venue.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, we are booked for a February tour in the UK and hopefully even some, a stint in Europe prior to that. But the thing is like uh, the, the bookings are great, but when, until we can actually get on that plane, we are, we can only be hopeful.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much where everyone is at. I mean, even though the States yeah. are, you know, pretty much opened up and you can go to a concert, you can go to a sporting event you know, there's still concern about other variants that may, you know, mm-hmm. come in and affect society again. So, you know, with, with that pause, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, pause of, of, of positivity, you're just still kind of like, well, it's great for now. I hope it stays that way. And hopefully, hopefully we don't take a step back. Yeah. Um, you know, so we just, you know, it's just fingers crossed. I'd love for you guys to come play the States and see you guys here in the States.
1: Oh, we would, we would love to, man. Yeah. yeah. Last
2: time we were in the States, we had a blast to, um, we did a Coast to Coast tour. We played the Rock Legends cruise and uh, some highlights on that tour were amazing. New York City and
1: Whiskey A Go-Go in LA. I mean, yeah, we, we just we, we we know we're going to have a blast. We just uh, we just need to get back on the road <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah, As you guys you know, keep performing and and keep playing music. One of the things we, we do talk about a lot here on the Hook Rocks is the state of rock and roll. And, you know, conversations in the past, it's kind of been an evolution in itself as we talk, um, you know, about the lack of relevancy of rock and roll to now we're looking at the dawn of a resurgence because so much great music is coming out in 2021. It really started towards the end of 2020. But as that carries through to this year, we're seeing a lot more positivity and we're seeing a lot more connection with the youth of today which is so vital to the survival of rock music what do you guys see with what you're dealing with and how you guys handle things
2: it's a, it's an interesting question it's a, it's something that's always on our minds for sure but um you know it's it doesn't surprise me that the uh, younger people are discovering rock cuz i mean how 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 long can you go before you you know you discover that whatever you're listening to is, is not that it's crap, but it's <laughs> unauthentic. You know, it's like there's something so uh, real and and uh, and true about certain kinds of rock. I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of crap kind of uh, rock and roll out there too, but uh, I don't know. I, f- I feel like that uh, in terms of the so- the songwriting and the ability to, to uh, convey a point, or like even uh, act as as almost like a teaching platform. You know, when I was a kid, I learned a lot about my political opinions through rock you know like a lot of my a lot of those rock stars like taught me what i should think is right and wrong you know and and uh, i don't i don't really know if if pop music really does that or provides that it's kind of like you know look at this look at these um i was we showed up um on a itunes um chart the other day at like number 4 or whatever and i was like wow that's amazing but just below us at number 5 was um Queen, Greatest Hits, you know, I'm like, wow, this album is 40 years old and it's still on the charts, like people are still buying it, it's for a reason, you know, it's like that music like means something to people, like, you know, kids still buy it, it's a, uh, um, I think that throwaway culture that, uh, I don't know who started it, but I think it, it, it's day it's going to gonna come, that's my belief and my hope anyway.
0: You'd like to think that, right? I mean, I, I agree with you, I mean, there's so much great music, as, as we've said, that usually, pretty much all the time if something's really good it will be found yes and, all that you know mm-hmm. all
3: that
2: to say though is like we, st- we still have our um, issues with rock and roll too i mean you know maybe it's better uh, in the last few years but I remember when we did our first album cycle and we were driving past canada radio station to radio station trying to promote our record and we we'll would do these interviews and people you know they would have us in the studio and we would play um and Like, it was pretty pretty unanimous that people liked us, you know, they really liked Lila's voice and the songs and whatever. But at the end of the interview, you always kind of like ask, oh, so can you add us to the playlist or would you play our songs, you know, to your audience? And 95% of the times you get the same answers like, "Uh, yeah, we love you guys, but you have a female singer. We don't really play stuff like that on a rock station. So... Times are changing, too. You know, it's not just about the guy, Mick Jagger, uh, trashing a motel room anymore. It's like rock and roll has to be more inclusive, you know. And I think it's getting better, but we still got some ways
0: to go. I think so, too. When you look at the landscape of rock music, you know, bands like yourself, The Pretty Reckless, you see Hailstorm and Evanescence, and you see these bands that are female-fronted bands that are having huge success in connecting with people all across the country and, and, and through different demographics. And I think that's great. I think that's really awesome. If anything, you know, the, this this new wave of rock is starting to be defined as being led by women, being led by women-led bands, female-led bands. And I think that's great. How do you guys see that?
1: I, I just think there, you know, we should get to the point where it's a non-issue already. <laughs> you know, all right. Like you are right. You are right. Absolutely. You know, it's been uh, I. I was very, you know, very fortunate to like grow up in a in a in a household that me being a woman was never an issue. You know what I mean? Like there was never there was never anything you can't do. There's nothing anything could stop you. And also, you should never ever be scared. You know. And I was very very grateful also to have um, you know, the powerful female role models in my life, uh, to, to sh- kind of pave that way for me. And I think that it's, uh, it's just, it really is like by, we're in 2021, this should be a non-issue, you know, gender should be a non-issue. It's, it's just a matter of, you know, if, if, if you're, <laughs> if you're out there, you're doing what you love and you can, you can connect with people, people can connect with you. Then that's what it's all about. Be, you know, be a good human. It does not matter your, uh, <laughs> your gender or your sexuality. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we are making so much pro- progress. Um, sometimes we we feel, or I feel, kind of, we take a step back in certain things. But I'd like to get to the point where, just in terms of describing music and bands as female led bands, that's not even discussed. It's just a rock band, right? Exactly. Just, exactly. You know, and it's so ingrained in our society and our way of thinking that there's female, there's, you know, there's, we always say female led bands and then rock bands. Well, female led bands are rock bands. So how come they're mm-hmm. not, they're kind of excluded from that. It's just an interesting perspective that people have. And, you know, I had a great conversation with George Lynch, the guitar player from DACA a couple weeks ago, and he talked about the need to kind of rewire our way of thinking and our way that we approach things and see things. And, and, and you know, it's, it, it means a lot when it's, when, it's uh, when we're talking about diversity and we're talking about moving forward and making progress as a society. That I hope one day you're right, Leela, that we can look back and just not even even include that in how we're describing it. Exactly.
2: Well, and I think I think that's a big part of why rock and roll took like uh, you know the backseat for for the last few years. We went through as a society, as as people, as the Western world, we went through like a big revolution when it comes to sexuality and feminism and all that stuff, and it's kind of like rock and roll was kind of glorified the male power, you know, and it's uh, and
1: the girls were hit. we were there were the groupies, you know, the, yeah. that hung around
2: exactly. So <laughs> if we wanna if we wanna have this tradition, um, you know, keep going on. I mean, we have to just like you said, rewire our brains and and uh, be open to new
0: ideas in rock and roll, mm-hmm. which is very important. Absolutely. Well, that's a great place to end our conversation. I do appreciate you guys coming on and visiting the Hook Rocks.
1: Thank you so much for having us and we can't wait to meet you down the road.
0: I hope so too. I can't wait to see you guys live. I, you know, I, I was reading your bio and I know you guys have played with the rival sons and sheepdogs. I actually took my son a couple of years ago to see both those bands and it was a great show. And, oh, yeah. and now that I'm thinking, I'm like, man, it would have been great if you guys were on that bill too, as well in Chicago
1: oh man yeah for That'll sure <laughs> I, I can't wait and i would have yeah it would have been amazing yeah, we to both those both those bands are absolutely incredible we love them they're great guys
0: too yes they are mm-hmm. <laughs> all right everybody that's leela and tom from the damn truth i'm jay scott from the hook rocks stay safe stay healthy and we will talk again soon thank you